This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. Oh, hi there, podcast time. Al Dukes here. Jerry Recco still on vacation. So Eddie Scazzeri sits in with me again today. Hello, Eddie Scazzeri. Hello, podcast people. I have a couple stories for you, Eddie. Uh, one of which, I don't like to do political things here mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people either love Donald Trump or hate Donald Trump. Yes. There's very few people where you, where you would uh, ask for an opinion. They go, well, I think he does some things I really enjoy and other things I don't like. I think for the most part, people either uh, like him or do not like him. I would totally agree with that. Right. So I don't like to choose sides. There was a story, though, of the uh, White House press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Mm -hmm. Uh, She went into a restaurant called the Red Hen in, uh, I think she was in West Virginia. Let me see where this was. I probably should have uh, done some show preparation. Maybe you read this story. Virginia. Okay. Uh, She was in a Virginia restaurant, and they refused to serve her because they don't like Donald Trump. Hmm. So uh, they've got some backlash, uh, but there's also a Red Hen restaurant in New Jersey, and uh, people think that was the Red Hen restaurant where they refused to serve Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So the poor folks who run that Red Hen, which has nothing to do with the Red Hen restaurant in Virginia, are being attacked now by uh, Trump supporters. Now, are, is this Red Hen uh, is that just a coincidence that they have the same name, or is it a small chain? I believe it's a small chain, but they're, like, individually owned and operated. Like, one has nothing to do with the other. So the one red hen in Virginia can do whatever he or she right. wants, and the red hen uh, down in uh, Swedesboro, New Jersey, can do, way down. can do what they want. The problem is people get, get it confused. And this was always my fear of, like, wanting to own a franchise type place yes like let's say i uh let's say you owned a starbucks okay i remember that story from uh two months ago or so where the there was a single starbucks in philadelphia uh where two uh, african-american gentlemen were in there uh they hadn't ordered anything but they wanted to use the bathroom and the starbucks person down there threw them out and then all of a sudden all starbucks were looked at as racist 
Yeah, and they actually had a, a day where they closed down for half the day or something yes. for sensitivity training yes. for the whole company. So imagine like you buy in, you spend all of your life savings on, I'm going to own a Starbucks franchise. And then these schmucks in like one random Starbucks do something stupid that then affects all the Starbucks. They ruined it. They ruined it. Same thing I was thinking of. Like, I always feel like I could run a Subway restaurant. Mm-hmm. It seems very well organized. You go in there, it's like, a, you know, cucumbers in this bin, carrots in this bin. There's like, no deviation. Everything's no de- the same. You don't have to think about stuff. Exactly. Looks well organized. Right. I always thought, like, I always told Jerry, I go, I feel like I could run a Subway and I could run it, like, top notch. Uh-huh. And you would definitely have, this is the mayo knife. Right. This is oh. the non-mayo knife. I'd be so good at You'd it. You'd actually Eddie. probably have even a mayo knife, a mustard knife. Right. And then a nothing knife. A nothing knife, exactly. But imagine you, again, sunk your life savings into a Subway. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jared Subway guy uh, gets in trouble for uh, child pornography. Yes. You'd be like, what the? No good. Uh, no good? This is the problem when you buy into a place uh, like a franchise. Now, the good news is people know immediately what your place is. That's a Subway. I'm familiar with that. That's a Dunkin' Donuts. I know what I could get there. You know, Al's sub sandwiches, who knows the quality? Oh, you have no idea. No idea. But if it was Al's, then you'd know it would be quality. Right. A few years ago, there was a Taco Bell had a tainted lettuce. Mm-hmm. Remember the lettuce had yep. like E. coli mm-hmm. on it right. and people were getting sick? Again, you own a Starbucks, a uh, Taco Bell, people are going to be like, it's a, as if it's your fault. So I feel bad for these red hen folks down in uh, Swedesboro, New Jersey. Yes. As they're being attacked by the Trump supporters. Uh, He says, uh, listen, we are uh, the red hen in Swedesboro, New Jersey, is in no way affiliated with the red hen in Virginia, the restaurant wrote. We are an independent family-owned business who happens to share the same name. Oh, so it's not like a small chain. Kindly check your facts before you erroneously defame an innocent business on Facebook in an attempt to destroy their business where they welcome all, irrespective of their race, religion, views, or opinions. Mm-hmm. Just happens to be a place called the Red Hen. It's uh, just unfortunate. L- let's make the Red Hen great again. I like that, Eddie. Thank let's you. go with sure. that. And then the Trump supporters will like that. Yes. That is um, the, the Donald Trump. Make America Great Again hat, an ill-fitting hat. Oh, uh, I have not seen it. You well, have, uh, yeah. Like when I when you see it on people, like it's not, it's not one of those nice fitting hats. Well, maybe because there's awkward. too many words to try to fit in, so it that has could to be. kind of fit in. Like you know, it fits awkwardly. It is an awkward fitting hat. Uh, July fourth this year, Eddie. Next week. Yes, Wednesday falls on a Wednesday, as you just said. And because of that, Americans are not expected to celebrate as much. How about that? Because it's in the middle of the week, and uh, like our co- our old company used to have a floating holiday every right. year. And when the 4th of July was on a Tuesday or a Thursday, they would make the float of the Monday or the Friday to give people the four-day weekend. Mm. But they did not do it when it was on a Wednesday because you really can't help it. Yeah, so unless you were, like, we we will be taking vacation from the show next week, yes, July 4th week. But right. if you're not taking vacation that week, you're probably off 4th of July. Yes. A Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Sucks, though, right? What do you do with that? What do you do with that? 
you're working Tuesday. You're working Thursday. You can't really go all out on 4th of July. Or, But there are probably many people who, if they're fortunate to have paid vacation, maybe do what we do and take that week off. It take is a week popular off. week to be off. It is a popular week to be off because if you've ever tried to book airfare 4th of yes. July week, you yes. are screwed. Yes. Because it gets jam-packed. Now, will you be lighting off firecrackers this year? Uh, I will not, but I will go to a fireworks show. Is that right? I will be up in the uh, great state of Vermont. All right. And we'll be attending the Warren Village Parade, which is a sort of legendary alternative 4th of July parade, if you will. Alternative in what way? Uh, it's um, it's when I when I expected sort of a... Classic small town Americana parade. Yes, all the trappings and the bunting, the whole thing. Uh, this particular parade is well. Vermont is a liberal state, and uh, it is sort of um, uh, it highlights that there's a it's a very diverse parade. It's there's a lot of rainbows. There's a lot of gay pride. There's a lot of just sort of you know if uh, hippie kind of stuff, if you will, and uh, sort of an anti-Republican sort of feel to it. Uh, that's just what it is, and it's sort of legendary for that. And then later that evening, I'll be going to the Sugarbush Resort, the ski resort, because they have a big fireworks show. You just sit on the, the, the base of the hill, and you look up, and they shoot off fireworks. The Sugarbush. Yes. Sugarbush Resort. Yes. All right. All right, well, I look forward to that. What goes on with your dogs? Do they get to go to this parade? Well, they'll go to the parade. They will. But not. it's never a good idea to bring dogs to a fireworks show. Dogs do not like fireworks. Yes, and you can, if you take a dog too young to a fireworks, you can ruin the dog. Really? Yeah, you can make them sort of afraid of, of all sorts of loud noises and thunder and all that. Just It's never a great idea. Yeah. Dogs, uh, if you learn one thing from today's podcast, dogs do not like fireworks. And even gun dogs who are trained from a young age to be okay with a rifle going off next to them, like retrievers, like Labradors, like my Labradors are considered a gun dog. You take them out hunting, you shoot something, a bird, and then uh, the dog goes and gets the the dead bird. Got it. Uh, But even those dogs with fireworks shows, it's just so much. Um, that it can be overwhelming for them. It's actually a terrible holiday for pet owners. It can be, yes. Because even if you're not taking your dog to a fireworks show, your dog will hear fireworks in your neighborhood. Correct. And uh, be scared. My dog that just passed, he was one who did not appreciate the fireworks at all. He would, he would get scared with thunder. He would get scared with fireworks. And this is something that he developed later in his life. I don't know maybe what was going on, part of the aging process, but he really grew to dislike uh, thunder and fireworks. Now, my younger two, they'll be fine. They'll We're not going to take them, but they'll be fine in the inn where we're staying, and they'll just hang out and not be all stressed. Well, that's the other thing. So, so people on 4th of July, they'll sometimes celebrate with friends or family, so they won't be home, and they'll leave their dogs at home. And then the fireworks start and, and the dog's yeah. home alone. And they come home to a ripped-up couch. Chaos. Yeah. Yes. All right, let me, uh, this story is uh, good stuff. Just on the, um, let me read you the headline, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Professor asking men to send manhood photos for self-esteem study. 
a sociology professor at Missouri State University, mm-hmm. is doing a study to see whether having a large penis equates to increased self-esteem. And she, female professor, is looking for men from across America to voluntarily send her pictures of the schweens. Of their schweener. All in the name of science, as it says here. But not just, uh, she wants all sizes. Uh, she does. Okay. Mm-hmm. The purpose is to investigate how men feel about their bodies in a culture where we place emphasis on size, including size of penises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to further look at how that impacts their tendency towards safe sex relationships and more. Well, um, you know, they always uh, say uh, size uh, doesn't matter, but I think they just say that for guys like you and me. Yes. Because I kind of think it does, but, you know, that's just me. They'll oftentimes they'll say, yes, that women say size doesn't matter. But you're right. It matters. Well, there's, yeah, there seems to be like, you know, I don't know. I, I would think that if you are sort of well endowed in that area, well, I think you might be more uh, confident. Yeah, because here's why. I, I'll say this. I think it when you are younger, mm-hmm. it matters to you. Like if you're you're uh, changing for gym class and like you're in high school. Right. Um, so then that's when your self-esteem gets really formed. Sure. Now, like we don't care where we measure up right. to other men. We're kind of established and we have stuff going on. And- We're on in our lives. Yes. Um, so now we we don't care. But when the time when you do care, that is when your self-esteem uh, is formed. And especially, you know, aside from just normal differences in, in people. Yes. You could also have a situation where at 12, 13 years old, right. you know, there are some uh, guys who are shaving already. Correct. And have gone through puberty. Mm-hmm. And then there are some guys who haven't yet, and uh, that's going to even make the disparity greater. Right. When uh, when did you go through puberty, do you think? Oh, gosh. I would have to say I was late. Yeah. Uh, I would say... 15, 16. Yeah, I think I was even later than that. Yeah. Like when I got hair under my armpit. I think I was like a junior in high school before I got hair under my armpit. Yeah, it actually might have been, it might have been 16, 17. I don't know, uh, to be honest. I kind of try to block all that out, you know, from the past. Absolutely. Now, if you want to be involved in this study, you've got to be 22 years old or older. Okay. So keep that in mind. Well, that we would qualify in that regard. Uh, We are older than 22. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this is a, what university is this? Missouri State University. Mm -hmm. They're doing solid work there, Eddie. It sounds like it. At Missouri State. Now, I have to catch a helicopter to Mohegan Sun. Oh, look at you. That's right. So we're cutting this short. This is two days in a row we're cutting it short? Yeah, because I got to get to the helicopter or Boomer will leave without me. Uh, That he will. Now, I'm a little slightly concerned. Like a helicopter, they they really base um, distribution weight as so you got to, Tell everyone what you weigh. Right. Because that determines where you sit in the helicopter and all that stuff. Do you think Boomer's honest in those situations? I don't know. Like he just tells the pilot, it's 275. I looked at the list yesterday. I did not look to see what they had Boomer at, but they had Greg Giannotti and I at the same weight. Which is ridiculous. 180. Ridiculous. I'm 150 Maybe they were just basing that on what you should be if you're a certain height. Maybe, right. And then they'll fine-tune it. 
I hope they fine-tune it when well, I get there. Yeah, because I can see a U in the middle of those two. Yeah. Let's just say that. The, the, the helicopter's just yeah, all tilted. Yeah. They're heavy weight. And then just me and the thin pilot on the other side trying or, to balance it out. Or there you out. go. Maybe you're going to sit shotgun with, I am. The, with the uh, thin, healthy pilot. Oh, you know this already. You've no, got uh, seating assignments? Well, I don't have seating assignments, but I've uh, a handful of times been fortunate enough to fly in a helicopter. Yes. And I always get the seat next to the pilot. Right. There you go. That's where they put because, the Because, th- right. So person. it's either you or his bag. Yeah. So, no, it is up against the one time me and Craig's wife. There you go. Because she weighs about 90 pounds. Right. So it was her and I in the front seat with the pilot. Very nice. And then the heavy, the heavyweights in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mohegan Sun tomorrow. Yes, enjoy that, Al. That'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. You know how I love uh, to be away from home. You love remotes. I love Especially it. pointless ones. Yes. Well, this one's not pointless. No, either. no, no. The other ones, you mean, 100%. Yeah, yeah some of those others. All right. Uh, the uh, warm-up is next. I it did is. that with CeeLo this mm-hmm. morning. Uh, it was terrific. So. so. Good morning, campers. It's the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. Brought to you by Newcastle Building Products, the only streak-free roof from Scotch Garden 3M. Use it on your roof already. Oh, hi, Al Dukes there. Here, am I? Here? Yes, here. Oh, I'm hi. I'm looking at you, so you're here. You are CeeLo. Jerry is off again today. Scheduled day off. He did not call in. He was not a no-show. He's prepping for the He's big vegan sun hit tomorrow. He's not lazy. He was uh, taking a time off. It's uh, the, the summer has hit. Mm-hmm. He's prepping. Yes, we're going to be at Mohegan Sun tomorrow, broadcasting from uh, a golf tournament up there. Jerry's uh, d- taking the day off to rest. He's resting up. He's going to need it because he has to drive 800 miles back and forth. He does have to drive quite a way. Right, we're rounding up. Okay. We'll round yeah, up. We round up to the nearest 800. Uh, last night, uh, Yankees game. Uh, Harris was just discussing this during his uh, update that Dellen Betances got his uh, first at bat in 12 years. Yeah. And it looked that way. <laughs> As uh, I do like that he was up there and he was swinging for, a, he was looking for a Bartolo Colon home run. He was. I don't like when a pitcher goes up and just looks at, just you know, stands there. just stands there. Okay. He was swinging. He was swinging hard. It for did sure. not work. He no. did not connect. No. He struck out, went down swinging. Uh, some people were uh, angry that he was taking cuts right. and not bunting. I'm of the school of thought, and maybe this is from my own experience in Little League, that to bunt properly, you have to put your hand all the way up the near the barrel of the bat. That's correct. Which can get you injured mm. as a fastball smashes between your finger into the bat. Right. I would rather take the cuts. Yeah? Yeah. What about for the rest of the team? How so? What do you mean? Well, I mean, there was a big point in the game. They had runners on base, could have advanced a runner, productive out, you know? Well, if he hasn't taken Pitchers a... are supposed to know how to bunt. Not American League pitchers. Yeah, well. The Mets, uh, who is that on the Mets that doesn't know how to bunt? Well, that was Dominic Smith. Dominic Smith. He's not a pitcher. He's not even a pitcher, right. right. And he doesn't know how to bunt. Yeah. I would argue, though, that those vicious swings that he took last yeah. night with the Gary Sheffield impression, wagging the wagging the bat, he very easily could have injured himself swinging as hard as he did. He did entertain the uh, bullpen 
the Yankee bullpen out there that uh, he sits I'm with sure during the games. Did. They had a good laugh. Yeah, it's great. I mean, they won the game. That's fine. Exactly. But uh, all's well that ends well, I suppose. I don't like when when you watch an MLB highlight package, no matter who's doing it, MLB Network, ESPN, where you're watching highlights, and they'll be like, uh, uh, Luis Severino had a dominant performance, and they show him striking out a pitcher. It's like, come on. <laughs> like that. Don't put that in the highlight package. I expect Zach Wheeler not to connect on a on a when he's at bat. Right. The I odds are not in his favor. Not in his favor. I liked I watched one yesterday where it was like a condensed game. Yeah. So they they introduced the pitcher for the inning like they showed him with his stats and everything. And then when they went to the next highlight it was a different pitcher. You didn't even get a highlight of the guy that they introed, which was in, which was different. Yes. So uh, I don't need that in my highlight packages. The Dylan Batanzas strikeout did not make it into the regular highlight package. Mm. But uh, I saw Deadspin featured it all on yes. its own. You had to do some digger deeping for the. I dig, dug a little digger, digger deeping. You got that? Got it. Dug a little deeper, <laughs> and I saw it uh, there as well. Deadspin had you had you covered. They had me covered. And <clears throat> this is a golf related uh, story, CeeLo. But we were up at the Travelers last week. We are touring uh, golf events. If you in haven't noticed, in Connecticut, we're very big there. Uh, the PGA Tour is investigating Bryson DeChambeau. DeChambeau. That's pretty close. DeChambeau. LaCajal Falls. <laughs> <laughs> he just won a tournament recently. Yeah. Uh, the Players' Championship? I forget now. What well, was up with him? I didn't the, see this. At the Travelers, they say he was using a drawing compass when he was on the course, which they say uh, should not be allowed. You shouldn't be able to use any sort of uh, device. Okay. What what was he? How was the drawing compass? I'm not familiar with this. How was that helping him? He was using the drawing compass to make sure that the holes were where they were supposed to be. Now I saw him using this thing. Do you know what a drawing compass is? Uh, I'm not sure that I do. Honestly, Eddie and I were discussing when we were in grade school, in middle school or junior high, they called it back then. We used these. I don't know if they used them. Protractor? No, not oh, a okay. protractor. A drawing compass is a metal piece that has a small pencil in it. Yeah, like a tracing device. Yeah, of? and then a very sharp point yeah, metal okay. that it you is put what I down. Was. Yeah, yeah. And and it's used for I don't know how he was using this <laughs> to line up yeah. to make sure that the the diagram of the hole was how the setup was. I mean, dude, use your eyes. See the hole, hit the ball in the green, make he a also, putt and move uh, on. Had a sextant in his bag that they're looking into. What is this sextant? now? What's a sextant? Never mind. I think that was a it's joke. another tool right yes. over our heads. Yeah. Was, he was, yeah, yeah. That was one of those things. Like in school, no one knew how to use the drawing compass. Uh-huh. We just would try to stab each other with it. <laughs> the metal Needless part. Needless to say, I don't think they're using those in grade school anymore. Yeah, probably not. Although I didn't really know how to use the. Like okay. I thought when I first read the the article, it said he was in trouble for using a compass. Uh-huh. I was like, well, he just wants to make sure he's going north, right, west. Almost like they have these GPS watches now. Yes. You know, get yourself around the course, but which th- is not allowed on the, on the tour either. No, you can't use anything right. on the tour. That's why you have a caddy. They're supposed to know these things. Give the caddy your drawing compass. No, just he's, I mean, it's his job to walk the course beforehand and know what's up. No drawing compass for the caddy either. By the way, it's the freaking travelers. The guys were rolling in birdie putts left and right. This wasn't Shinnecock. I mean, let's calm down. Now, Put the I, ball on the green, make a putt. I always wonder, a professional golfer like uh, Tiger Woods, Bubba Watson, these are names I'm familiar right. with. Right. Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth. Yes, these yeah. guys. What's a caddy who I've never heard of going to tell these guys? What's he going to tell them? Yeah. 
that they don't already know as professional golfers? Uh, I think it's it's more just like the comfort of having someone to kind of chat with and make sure you go through your thought process. These guys, a lot of times, they they do lean on the caddy for distance, club selection, wind speed, and then they kind of talk about what club, and then it's up to the player to execute the shot. I'm not a professional golfer. Yeah, that was my <laughs> so the caddy. caddy is more of like, you know, the mental service, and then obviously the golfer has to go out and physically execute the shot. Do you think they ever blame the caddy? Like, you told uh, me the wind. For sure. Yeah. Just like in Happy Gilmore. He yelled at his caddy. Where were you on that one, dip blank? Oh, I see. <laughs> well, you know, some people, like in power, they'll mm-hmm. they'll blame other people even though they screwed up. Yeah. I'm Boomer Esiason. <laughs> On the golf course, you're saying? Fall guy to throw under the bus. But yeah, the caddies in the days leading up to the events are Thursday to Sunday. So the players play practice rounds, but it's on the, they get books with yardage maps. That's why they're using the compass. They're trying to line everything up. But these guys have to know from any, anywhere on the course, what's the yardage, what, where are the bunkers at? You know, they have all the layouts of each green course, the fairways, the rough, the distances and all that stuff. So that the players don't have to be walking around with these yardage books trying to figure everything out. And then the caddy's got to carry the clubs, you know? And drawing compasses. Drawing compasses and sextants, whatever that is, by, according to Eddie. By Bryson DeChambeau. DeChambeau. How am I saying it? It's Falls. You're saying it in the more romantic way. Well, oh, thank you. Which, I, I mean, if I were him, that's kind of how I'd want it to nice. be DeChambeau. But it's DeChambeau. DeChambeau. Bryson DeChambeau. Also, LeBron James came out yesterday, CeeLo, and he says, I do not want your elaborate pitches. Right. To been, get me to your team. Been there, done that. Not interested. Already checked that off the bucket list. Not interested in your elaborate no. pitches. John Tavares from the Islanders is now enjoying that process this week, not to change subjects on it, you. He is interested in it. This time around, because it's his first chance to do it. LeBron has already been down that path before. And now I'm seeing Paul George is the new guy that's being courted by everyone. Yeah. He seems to be interested also in being courted. <laughs> I mean... If you've if it's never happened to you, who wouldn't want to be courted? There's who a, wouldn't want to have a pony? There's a uh, <laughs> lawyer in L.A., a uh, Laker season ticket holder, who purchased forty billboards trying to get Paul George there. Forty. Forty of them. Okay. Forty billboards outside of Los Angeles. Now, do you think, like, if you were, if you're Paul George yeah. or any of these players that's being courted, does the billboard no. really have no right? Zero. I mean. I tell you what would be interesting, though. Sports Illustrated got a hold of uh, the pitch that the Lakers are making Paul George. Really? Yeah. And it's a poem Ugh. entitled Two Dreams. Guys are trying too hard. Man. It is desperate. Too hard. In the poem, I can't read the whole thing because it's embarrassing and I could not deliver it properly. Oh, I think you should try. But it's really about how when you were a young boy growing up in Los Angeles or whatever town he was, you dreamed of being a Laker Mm. while you were dreaming. We were building a team for when you were ready. So it's not even (laughs) (laughs) That's how it ended. It's not even a rhyming poem. No, it does not. It's one of those poems Uh, that does not rhyme. You know, that's not worth your time then. Come right, on. if they made a rhyming poem. Yeah, you could have done that. They could have made it a, or at least a, a song haiku, or something. Maybe. Right, yeah. Something with a little rhythm to it, yeah. you know? You can't just have one of these, you know, elaborate, no rhythm to it all over the map. You need some flow of the poem, or else is it really poetry? You're right, Eddie. One of these teams should hit them up with a haiku. For sure. Be like, uh, Absolutely, it's different. Paul George, we've created a haiku for you. He'd be like, I have no idea what that is. I'll circle it back to the to the Tavares uh, people going after him now, real quick. All Tell right. Me if this would work on you, I saw an Islander fan on Twitter tweet at John Tavares and say, "If you stay with the Islanders, I run a bagel shop. 
bagels for life. I'll deliver it to you every morning. Yeah, that's silly. Bagels are like of, a for dollar. For the rest of your life or my life, whoever passes first. That was the deal. The bagel guy? Fresh bagels delivered right to All his right. doorstep. It's not Ed, bad. Eddie wants us to take a break. Okay. I'm not sure what I have when I come back. <laughs> we won't have much time anyway. After this, so okay. bagel talk <laughs> with Eddie Scazzeri. It's the dynamic duo of Alan Jerry on the warm-up show. Brought to you by Newcastle Building Products and the only streak-free roof from Scotch Garden 3M. The superheroes of building products. All right, this portion sponsored by Boost Mobile. Boomer and Geo in a matter of moments. Yankees took the series opener from the Phillies, 4-2. Aaron Judge, home run number 20. Gary Sanchez out three to four weeks with the groin strain. Met losing streak up to seven as they fell to the Pirates at City Field, 6-4. to four. The Islanders made their pitch to John Tavares last night in Los Angeles. He's meeting with teams all week in advance of NHL free agency. Switch to Boost to get three lines, each with unlimited gigs for $100 a month, plus 20 gigs of mobile hotspot on each line. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. I found the poem that the Lakers wrote to uh, Paul George. Light on me. When you were a kid in your room dreaming from Palmdale, we were dreaming too. While you dreamt, we built, built for your arrival. And while we dreamt, you built too, becoming one of the world's greatest. Life's most powerful dreams are the ones we realize ourselves. The ones that turn us into legends. Drop dead. <laughs> that lad. Oh, I'm sorry. He's not English. That kid from Palmdale always knew it. Now the world will too. I would have laughed in their face. I would, have, I would have eaten that right up if I was oh, uh, Paul on. George. That's as corny as it gets. Not corny. That's Ted's Ted's bad. We were dreaming of uh, getting a guy like you. You were dreaming in yeah. your bedroom. You were dreaming as a kid. We were building the team. What, 18 years ago they were building for his arrival or however long you want to say? That's kind of what I did with Gio. Yeah. <laughs> I dreamed of uh, playing for the Mets. I could still realize that dream. You could go up Hello? there and bunt better than... Uh, Who's your Smith. fantasy? Yeah.